The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, everyone. Hello, my name is Steve Eschbach. I am uh, the president of Transworld Business Advisors of Naperville, Illinois, and I'm also your host for the Building Better Businesses podcast series. I'm glad that you're able to join us. I'm delighted to have a guest with me today by the name of Robert Patton. He is a coach with expertise and uh, totally turning your business around. We'll have an opportunity to talk about that in a minute. And uh, we'll kind of go through his uh, background and where he is today and where he sees himself going forward. So first of all, Robert, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your firm and what exactly you do to assist your business clients in terms of improvements going forward. Yeah, so there's multiple sort of touch points that we work with our clients. Uh, first touch point for me is I'm essentially 75% business coach now and about 25% contract CFO. So I work with the owners of agencies to actually first outline their vision of the agency where they want to be in 10 years and then help them actually manifest that vision into reality. And then my team operates the back end administrative function of an accounting department from interfacing with their vendors, communicating with their clients, doing collections and all the administrative functions that an accounting department internally usually does. Wow. So you said agency. Are you working just with agency um, consulting firms or how do you how do you describe your client there? Correct. So I'm working with marketing agencies, UX design firms, creative firms, web design firms and video production. And you're the first person that I think I've come in touch with that's not only owning and operating your own firm, but you're a part-time CFO as well. So uh, you're but on contract basis to assist other clients. Is that what I understand? No. So I'm, I function for my own firm as a contract CFO for my clients. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Got it. All right. So we're going to take a rewind down uh, your past. If you don't mind, let us talk a little bit about your childhood, your formative years, and sure. how that all kind of influenced where you are today. So tell me about your childhood. Where'd you grow up? I uh, grew up in South Pasadena in Los Angeles, Southern Californian through and through, definitely. I would say that I'm a very sort of inquisitive person and have been since childhood. And um, my dad was an accountant as well. So I've been around accounting since I was really young and um, grew to love numbers from a very young age. Very good. And uh, when you were young and you were kind of pedaling your tricycle on the local street there, were you thinking about being in the accounting finance uh, consulting area or did you have any aspirations back there that were a little different than where we see you today? Uh, you know, I don't know necessarily that I was thinking about accounting when I was riding around on a tricycle, for sure. There was points in my life that I uh, considered being a creative as well. So why work with creatives now? I considered being an attorney in my early adolescence years, adolescent years as well. But accounting is definitely where I gravitated towards. Um, I felt that I'm able to have the most impact in business from an accounting angle. And I mean, really who I am at my core is a problem solver. And that's what I love to do. 
So was your influence in your formative years mostly from your father or did you have some other influence from your mother or how did that all work? I would say my mother influenced me more emotionally and how I connect and build relationships, which was extremely helpful in my career as well. My dad definitely formed a lot of my opinions around business and how I interact with, with business and accounting and all of that. Where did you go to college? In Santa Barbara. Okay. And your degree was in? Commercial photography, actually. Oh, my. So how did the transition go from there to where you are today? That's an interesting uh, sidestep, if you will, or maybe it was a stepping stone. I, you know, I do feel that it's a stepping stone uh, for me that I went down the path of creative and um, allowed me to grow that side of, of my brain. I'm definitely more of an analytical person. I am not innately creative um, at my core. So I wanted to spend time growing a piece of my ability that I didn't have as a natural characteristic. After college, I went pretty much almost directly into accounting and worked in small CPA firms pretty much immediately after college, knowing that it wasn't something that I necessarily ended up wanting to do full time. And that after having worked in, in photography for a little bit of time, realized it wasn't something that I wanted to do full time. So how did you uh, start your own business and uh, how did that begin to scale over time? Honestly, I was kind of punched in the gut at one point by my spouse. So I'd been working in agencies internally for a number of years and helped grow those agencies quite significantly. And my spouse said to me at one point, Robert, aren't you tired of only working with one agency at a time? And also, aren't you tired of making everyone else wealthy and not building an empire for yourself? So my next question would have been, what is your biggest adversity that you had to overcome? Was that punch in the stomach hit? Or was something? <laughs> uh, honestly, I would have to say that it was my age in my uh, formative years, my early years. So growing up in these CPA firms and working internally at many businesses, I grew to, I was promoted to being in management pretty early on. And uh, so I'll paint a picture for you that I'm very career or oriented and motivated at this point, very precocious. And having been promoted, I had a, a number of people that I was managing that were in some instances twice my age. Wow. So it really pushed me to learn something that I don't think I would have learned otherwise. And especially being in your early 20s, I had a pretty substantial ego and I, I had to be taught essentially at that point to put my ego aside and how to build relationships that I was struggling to be able to build and being in a management position. So it really helped me develop as a manager, as a leader. It, like I mentioned, helped me build relationships that I didn't think I would have otherwise been able to cultivate. And now, fortunately or unfortunately, wrinkles have now started to become more apparent on my face and white hairs are starting to multiply. But I definitely feel like it helped me uh, develop better as a manager and as a leader. So um, what processes do you typically implement that improve the agency's business performance. So what are the key areas that seem to be a struggle from some of your clients and how do you get them to the next level to improve? I mean, I don't know that there's a silver bullet when it comes to process. And I, I think that every agency is, is different. But what I think is really important is uh, simplicity. So what I find so frequently when coming into an agency is that they've over manufactured and over constructed their process and that we need to deconstruct the way that the business is operating and make it as simplified and as simple as possible, allowing for it to be scalable, allowing for it to be transferable and allowing for it to be trainable for when you're growing and bringing on new team members. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to quote some numbers from your website and they're pretty phenomenal. So 
Uh, there's a number here, 864% revenue increase. There's a 5.6 time efficiency gain. There's a 36% increase in gross profit. And there's a number 2,600 owner time saved. I'm going to assume that's hours per year or what does that represent? But yeah, that's long- hours per year. Yeah. The key question is, those are very phenomenal numbers. And how do you go about achieving some of those results? I mean, I'd be happy with a 10 or 20% increase and we're talking, you know, eight times. So tell me a little bit more about how you're able to help agencies improve in that manner. So the agency that you're speaking about, there was a very transformative process that we had to go through. So when I started working with them, they were in a cash negative position and were actually nearly going to close their doors. So what we ended up doing is I had to redevelop their financial model, had to redevelop the way that they were operating and how they were pricing, how to had to go through and figure out exactly where all the inefficiencies were. So with them specifically, the efficiency gain was related to us doing a time study, us going through all of their processes, making sure that everything was as streamlined as it possibly could be. And as I mentioned, in a, in a simplified way that allows for us to scale it, I went through their billing model and switched them from being a variable model built by the hour and a cost plus model that a lot of agencies are into a fixed value-based model that allowed for them to be able to focus more on creating value and, and communicating value in their sales process and partnered with the VP of sales there as well to help them grow and improve their actual conversion for new prospects. So is that a typical client? Is that one of your top 1% client? How would you characterize that? I've got a number of clients that are in that sort of space. I would say that they're in the top 10 percentile in the amount of change that they had in that two-year period of time. But I would say that the vast majority of them, if I'm working with them for three to five years, do experience quite a substantial increase. I think you answered my next question. How long does it typically take to go through, you know, discovery to uh, recognizing what needs to be changed, implementation, showing the phenomenal results? It sounded like you said two years. Is that the typical time period? I mean, I would expect that a client should have an increase in, in effect within the first 90 days to six months in their bottom line. But to have, have a transformative 800% increase in, in revenue, right, is not going to be something that's going to happen from one year to the next. It's something that takes a few years. Usually I'm working with clients for between three to five years. Sounded like you described most of the processes that are involved in improving performance with, with respect to billing and communications. Is there anything else that uh, you find are common elements that need to be improved upon when you're looking from the outside in? I would say reporting. I mean, as an accountant, I'm very number and database, obviously, right? But numbers are extremely important. Reporting is extremely important. What I see happen so frequently is that a lot of decisions are being made on gut. This is the assumed way that my agency should operate. This is the assumed way that I've done something before, and this is how I generated a result. But consistently being able to improve and understand exactly how that initiative or that change that we were implementing, how it actually affected the business in the long term. I find to be so incredibly important, making sure that you have the assurance that the decision that you're making is the right one. So when you talk about numbers, there's financial reporting and then there's the other, which I would put, I would characterize as key performance indicators. So above and beyond the revenues, expenses, and bottom line, I'm sure you measure performance based on other, other metrics, if you will, that an accountability sounds like it's critically important on a periodic basis. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that a balance sheet and income statement isn't important, right? It definitely is. But I'm a firm believer that I would prefer to look at what I'm actually doing today to drive a result for tomorrow and the actions that I can actually change. By design, an income statement is 15 days to 45 days after the fact of what something has taken place. So I'm looking more in how much are we actually doing on a project to budget? What is my average hourly earning on, across the business and client by client and service by service? How many tasks are actually being done on time? What is my completion rate? How much of a sales activity I actually had this week, uh, last week to make sure that I'm driving the results. So in this industry, for example, the sales cycles between six to 18 months on the long end so by the time you're recognizing, hey, I don't have the pipeline that I need, you're six to 12 to 18 months out before you're able to fix that and course correct. So I need to be looking at today, how many emails, how many initial prospects actually came through the door, how many people have I been talking to, how many capabilities meetings have I had this past week to know what my revenue is going to look like six, 12, 18 months down the line. So uh, we are doing this interview about 12 months into the COVID-19 environment. And of course, we've had an administration change. Are there anything that has bubbled out of that? You know, what has happened in our recent 12 months that has kind of changed your outlook and insights in terms of helping your clients? Is there anything that manifested itself? Is it too early? What do you think? I, I mean, I think that everyone's still experiencing it very differently, right? I mean, I have clients that have worked in industries that were pretty heavily impacted and then some that have grown significantly in digital media, right? So it really depended on the type of service that they're offering. But even an example in a, in a client that was focusing on working in an industry that had been completely shut down and they were concerned that they were losing in about a two to three week period of time had lost about 70% of revenue. And it's just a refocus of exactly how you position yourself and communicate with the client. So we were able to actually look back at how that client is actually interacting, making sure that we're pivoting to actually providing them with value. So I really, in the end, what I, it ended up telling me is that the way that I'm working with clients is the right way because it actually showed me, and, and in that example, 68% of the 70% of revenue that they had lost, they regained in about a 30-day period of time immediately after that. So it's just consistently looking ahead, making sure that you have your cash flow in line, that we are watching to make sure that everything, that we have the amount of cash reserves that we need, and that we're watching everything that needs to be in place to ensure future profitability and sustainability for the business. Uh, two messages I got out of that response is number one, that uh, this may be a temporary blip. And so if you can demonstrate that you can return to where things were prior, that's essential. But I think equally as important is how you communicate that that is so. I would think that's how you want to do it. Exactly. Yep. So what do you like best about what you do? I've got to believe you love monitoring numbers and uh, kind of measuring performance against that. Did I miss anything? What are the ideal aspects of what you enjoy about what you do? As I mentioned, I'm at my core a problem solver. So I, I thoroughly enjoy being given a, a problem that one, I may not have encountered before or something that provides me with a challenge and that really gets me going and makes it energizes me. And really what I get from that is that I'm able to impact change with clients in such a substantial way. And coming into a business where the client is either marginally profitable um, in a lot of instances or working more hours than they ever have before, they're anxious, they're stressed out, and being able to help that client get to a much better place and seeing the amount of impact that I can have on someone's life and not on just the owner's lives, but on the employees within the agency as well is just, it, it provides me with fulfillment. 
That sounds great. So marketing agencies are your ideal clients. Is there a certain size that work best for you and your team to assist them at all? Is there a size range that makes a difference for you? Yeah, typically speaking, I start to engage with them when they're in the $1 to $1.5 million range, but I'm actually working at creating a program right now for agencies that are on the smaller sort of size between the quarter million to the $1.5 million top line revenue range to help them get to that place as well. So is it just Southern California or is it uh, broader nationally, internationally? Is it how far reaching is it geographically for you? So it's primarily nationally. So just in, in the US, but I do have and have been expanding globally in the recent years. Good for you. So I would be remiss if we didn't bring up your book, The Agency Blueprint. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? What was the, uh, the reason behind the book and what's the key message that you want the readers to take out of it? I would hope that readers take from it that we as business owners are the captain of our own ships, right? And that what happens and has happened for me is that I at one point became stressed out like I'm helping clients now solve and that I was the reason why my business was structured the way that it was. And it was ultimately my choice to have it be that way and that I needed to reimagine it to function to provide me with the life that I want. And I hope that it's able to provide value to other agency owners and, and business owners out there to look at their lives and look at their businesses to provide them with what they ideally want in their life, providing them with business lifestyle and personal lifestyle. So I would guess, and this is sort of like me, I wrote a book and I've got a second one on the works just based on my interacting with people and learning about their experiences and how they improved. I got to believe that's the same reason behind why you wrote your book, huh? just your experiences with the people you work with. Absolutely. So, I mean, part of the reason was exactly as you're mentioning, and also that I only have so many people that I can talk to on a daily basis, right? There's only so much that I can actually scale to. And I was hoping that I'd be able to touch more lives through putting my, the way that I function and the way that I work with agencies in, in paper and in writing. Sounds good. So we're about at the tail end of our uh, interview. Um, is there anything that I did not ask or any message that you want to give our audience that we may have overlooked during the past 15, 20 minutes? I would say that, you know, as business owners, and I mean, me, myself, one of the things that I was chatting with a colleague about actually the other day, is that a year ago or so I had gotten myself to exactly where I wanted to be in my ideal amount of hours that I wanted to be working in a week and to my ideal personal life. But somehow, over the course of the last year, year and a half, I've refilled my schedule with things that I wasn't doing before and have just taken on things that I wasn't expecting to, right. So I've repacked my day. And we were joking that, we now have to unpack our day for the nth time in our career. And it's something that I'm consistently doing and that we just need to be consistently improving, right? Just being retrospective on where you are right now, where you want to be and consistently learning and improving. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, about five years ago, I had my last corporate role as an investor relations officer with a publicly traded company. And I said to myself, you know, I think I've learned everything I could possibly learn now as a business owner the past five, six years, I would say that a day doesn't go by that I don't learn something new every day. And I'm telling you, that is quite a stimulus to get you up and going every day. And I'm sure you find the same thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, I even look at every person that I cross paths with as an opportunity to learn. And what can I learn from that, that, that person in every conversation, every person I engage with, I look at from that, that lens. And it's an amazing comment. You said what I can learn from them, not what I can teach them. So that's kind of a, a that's a critical 
how I can help others comment. So I appreciate you sharing that. Last but not least, how do we get in touch with Robert? How do we get in touch with you? Um, if you go to creativeagencysuccess.com or you can email me robert at creativeagencysuccess.com as well. That'd be great. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing your insights. Fantastic story. Thanks so much. And uh, sure, we'll be in touch. Take care. Thank you for having me. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.